Hello, everyone. My name is Caleb. And I'm Ben. And you are listening to Tribal Talk, a survivor podcast. This season has been amazing so far. I believe it has been the most strategic game that I have seen um, or that I can remember at this time. Fantastic play all around. Um, Several good, good players. Who do you think in episode seven was the strategic MVP, so to speak? I think we can both agree that there's really only one name that we can submit here, and that has to be War Dog this episode. Oh, yeah. And that's just because, yeah, yo boy. I know you don't want to be yo boy, but I I really think he is. Yeah, I think it does have to be War Dog, and that's because he was really up against a wall this week. So going into this episode, from what we were led to believe – it was going to mm-hmm. be a seven to five vote, assuming that Aurora stuck with the original Kama six. At worst for Kama, it was going to be a six six vote, right? And they probably knew that some of those lower down people weren't going to be willing to go to Rock, so they were probably going to be able to pull someone in. And then, of course, Devins was just like, "Yeah, man, I'll jump onto the Kama six. You don't even have to ask me twice. I'm I'm yours. I'll vote the way you want me to vote." So mm-hmm. for them going into the episode, everything was looking pretty good because Devins basically latched on to the Kama six. Immediately after Joe was voted out. So we came into this and Wardog was in a bad position and he basically said, you know what? I'm not going to give up. I'm going to try different angles. I'm going to try different things. And at first he tried to rally the Lasso people and then maybe try to pull in Aurora to try to force them going to rocks at least because Wardog isn't aware that anyone has an idol or an advantage at this point. So he thinks one of the rocks is probably the best case scenario. And he even says it's better to go to rocks now and take one of them out, hopefully, rather mm-hmm. than just wait till later on and get picked off. Well, Devin's basically throws that back in his face, which was highly entertaining, I thought, because oh, he's yeah. like, oh, yeah, I totally trust you. And I was like, this makes no sense. And then, of course, <laughs> we saw him chew Wardog out because of that. But then Wardog pivots, and he goes after Julia, and he goes after Gavin, and he basically says, hey, look, here's a test. If you go to Eric and Ron, and they're not willing to vote out David or Rick first then I don't think you're really in a good position within your alliance. And they go, okay, we will we'll think about it. And we know that he successfully incepted that idea because we see Julia then go to Eric and she says, mm-hmm. what do you think? What do you think about voting one of them out first? And he's really hesitant. And from that moment on, we know that Julia's bought in. Excellent move by War Dog. It shows that he was just going for it, and it really, really worked out. What did you think? Yeah, um, obviously I'm in total agreement. I do want to say a couple words about War Dog, okay? Because I think we both kind of have uh, Devin's, at least last episode, Devin's was both of our our guy, you know, our our boy, so to speak. Yeah. Um, I have defended War Dog in the past on his physical play, and on a social play, I will actually um, eat an, a real crow, uh, an actual real crow, about Wardog's absolutely pitiful physical play. 
I feel bad for defending him on that count. <laughs> I wish I hadn't. I went out on a limb for him, and he let me down big time. Uh, I still don't think he's the worst physical player. Agreed. But I, I definitely no longer see him in the top 50% of the physical players. More like the bottom, maybe 20%. I would put him right on par with Wentworth. I would say the two of them, they fall out of challenges at about the same time. They swim at the same speed now. So, um, And also his social play which I had defended as necessary before. I think it was on uh, <laughs> full display this last uh, episode, what you were talking about. He totally missed Devin's sarcasm, right? Because yeah, Devin's he had like, no idea. oh, yeah. <laughs> it was so obvious. He was like, oh, yeah, I totally, I totally trust uh, Lesu. Oh, yeah, I, I can't wait to help you out. And War Dog's like, great, great. And he's like, not. Nah. And then War Dog's like, wait, what? <laughs> That was so funny. Absolutely no emotional intelligence whatsoever. I was sad to see Rick do that, though, because I was like, I don't think you're making the right choice. But yeah, continue. So then uh, Wardog, however, strategically speaking, is thinking on a different level than than most other players. Um, And Wardog was the one who saw the crack in Kamal and then was a major player in actually exploiting it and getting Eric voted off. If you had told me going into this episode that Eric was going to be the one leaving, I thought you're absolutely nuts. But he was the first one to sniff out the the crack. Uh, Wentworth, by comparison, (laughs) had given up on tribal council. She literally tells David, see you on extinction. (laughs) Right. Yeah, they they had basically given up. Yeah. 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 So once again, War Dog to the rescue. And he convinced, obviously, Wentworth and Lauren very quickly to that this plan would work. Then he convinced David. And then he talked, like you, you said, to Julia and Gavin. And it was just, it was really impressive the way he was able to kind of overcome some of his social inabilities. I think he, he's learning how to be a better social player. Maybe he learned something from his encounter with Rick, but his discussion with Julia and Gavin was extremely profitable and was probably the biggest conversation in the entire episode. And like you said, led Julia to make the super smart move um, to test out his theory. But in terms of MVP, I think um, there also needs to be a shout out to David um, because he realized like so many survivors fail to do, he realized he wasn't in the driver's seat. He realized that he needs to continually work to keep his resume impressive for Final Tribal should he get there. And um, and also, super great strategic move. He kept his half of the immunity idol from Devon's um, yeah. when they had that fateful conversation. And another thing, he also once again correctly warned another one of his survivor allies um, that they were going to make a terrible mistake. So if you remember, he had a similar conversation with Chris when they were supposed to vote off Wentworth. He tells Chris, hey, if you go tell Wardog, this whole thing's going to fall through. And Mm. guess who sent to Extinction Island? You know, he has this discussion with Devins and he successfully tells him, hey, this conversation we're going to remember when we look back on our experience with Survivor because this, this is the moment where, you know, the decision is made that will affect the rest of the game. Sure enough, now Devin's on the outside looking in at the uh, the larger the larger alliance. 
I think David overall is playing a very impressive outwit at last game, maybe not outplay. He would have a lot of favor in Final Tribal. Definitely Wardog gets MVP, and it sounds to me like you would give David a, a good amount of credit for this blind side as well. Honorable mention. Right? He yeah, makes he makes sure. honorable mention. I do want to mention Victoria here, and not because she was a mastermind behind this move, but a couple things that she said yeah, she this episode showed me that she is a super savvy player, and I just want to walk through what I think her mindset was. Okay. So when Julia and Gavin came to her, we know from past experience that Victoria is not afraid to make a big move. Case in point, she voted out Aubrey at her very first tribal council ever in a stunning blindside. Aubrey had no idea, right? So then she knows that she can blindside people, but she expressed here that she also knows when to wait. And I tend to agree with Victoria here that from Victoria and Gavin and Julia's perspective, yes, they would be kind of passive here and they would allow the majority to stay in control, but do they really need to make a big move at this point? My argument would actually be no. Even so, Victoria saw which way the numbers were going and got on board. She basically said, here are my concerns. They said, no, we're going to do it anyway. She said, okay, and just went along with the majority alliance, and now she's protected for the next vote. So I right. think she's very attuned to what people are thinking, and she can see which way the wind is blowing. So I think she's going to go really far because of that. One person that surprised me this week was Lauren in that she stayed up on that challenge so long that she blacked out and i was oh yeah the the big calf muscles the big calf muscles challenge yeah basically um the lighter you are the better off you're gonna do challenge or if you got those big big calf muscles yeah really big just, calf the, muscles. just the big ones yeah what was your reaction to lauren hanging in until the point that she actually blacked out i think it was impressive she wants to win and she's willing to push past the pain we've obviously seen her push past the pain with a few tears on the way, I think that's totally understandable. I I, I can't say that that um, I don't respect her more. I do. Um, I my main beef with Lauren so far has been her alliance with Wentworth, and that's not honestly much of a beef at this point because because obviously look how far she's gotten right. So I think uh, I think Lauren is a good player. I think she's she's physical and she's willing to push past the pain and that makes her um, dangerous moving forward. I think she needs some food, man. I yeah, definitely. I have to say like she's she's looking pretty weak out there. Uh, her eyes like there's something like she's she's looks so different from when uh, she first started. She looks exhausted even more than than what I guess is normal for uh survivors at this point in the game i think yeah. just homegirl needs some food she definitely needs, she needs some fried chicken or something i don't know i was also impressed if what she was saying was accurate and i have no reason to think that she was lying in the moment she went from basically feeling dizzy and pushing through that to saying that she couldn't see anything and she didn't step down she still tried to continue and to actually win and when she finally woke up after passing out her first words were swear word darn it yeah. basically right i can't believe that i lost i wanted to win so bad and that was really impressive i think like you said the main thing holding lauren back in these post merge challenges are going to be the fact that she has no fuel in the tank, right? These post-merge challenges are a lot of times based off of endurance and balance and dexterity, and I think she can compete on that level, but at this point, we just don't know if she's going to be able to do it because she hasn't had any fuel. I, I will add a little bit of salt to this, however. Uh, I mean, it's not like we haven't seen someone pass out before, and I'm, I don't want to 
belittle the difficulty of the challenges. But Coat Wrong, that season, they had three people pass out at the same challenge. So, and then obviously the last person to pass out in a challenge was Joe in his last season. So, I mean, it's not, it's not like unheard of. It's, it's actually kind of common. Usually we see it once every survivor season, maybe once every other where someone either gets really close to passing out or someone just kind of loses consciousness. And that's because they're putting their bodies through literal torture. Um, I mean, honestly, POW style, uh, difficulty and, and privation. So, right. Uh, respect, respect where it's due, but it's not like we've never seen this before, you know? Definitely. Now that Joe and Eric have both been sent to the edge of extinction, do you think that there is a clear physical threat left in the game? Nope. I don't think this season is going to be about physical threats as much as it has been in the past. If you look at the challenges, they're all pretty standard right they're they're not doing anything like we haven't seen any of the the wrestling challenges we haven't seen the really complex ones this one was just like this is just the calf machine at the gym like there you go if you can do that for 25 minutes and i'm not i'm not downplaying being a physical threat but i'm just saying so far this season it's looked like strategy is what has propelled people further in the game more than being a physical threat and especially at this point in the game Joe and Eric are gone and even Chris, you know, we're not seeing a particularly dominant player. If I had to pick somebody, I would probably pick Julie, maybe Lauren, if she can get some food. If Lauren gets a bunch of food, if she gets her one of those hungry man meals and pops it in the microwave and and can just get down some mashed potatoes or something, then look out. I mean, she could probably run you over, but... Uh, other than that, I don't think there's a clear leader. What do, you, what do you think? I completely agree. I think that the physical threat will change challenge to challenge because we've seen that different players have different strengths. We've seen that Gavin can throw really accurately. We've seen that Victoria can kind of go into the zone and keep her balance for a long period of time. I, I'm tempted to think that Victoria may have even done better than she did if there hadn't been so much commotion towards the end of the challenge. We will never know, but it's definitely possible that her, her Zen mode was kind of broken. Right. Well, I have it from, uh, Victoria's own fingers when she, uh, typed onto the Twitter machine that she actually had a sunburn on top of her head and Oh, redhead problems. Yeah. Her legs had been shaking for 10 minutes. She said, and she tried to, position her legs and it made her head hurt so bad that she lost focus and Mm. that's what that's what caused her to uh to eventually fail so it wasn't her undying concern for lauren that made her lose focus no No, actually actually she she tweets further on down that she has absolutely no emotional connection to any of the other players and i absolutely love that she is a stone cold killer man but come on you're just now meeting these people right no, I, I completely I get agree so tired of the world family you know that the whole coach wade thing where you know knowing these people for just a short period of time makes you family like i, I they'll probably talk to each other a couple times after the, the the season's over they're not your family your family's back at home waiting on you to get that million dollars yep so yeah i absolutely love that attitude i think it's probably part of what has kept her going um you know in this game right well i mean case in point 
two episodes ago, or three, I don't remember, when Victoria, Gavin, and Eric all blindsided Aubrey, I thought those three were tight. I thought they were good to go. In this episode, we saw that Victoria, and of course Gavin too, but Victoria was like, all right, if it's, if it's Eric, it's Eric. He's done. Right. Yeah. I don't care. Who cares? So it's it definitely shows that she's kept her head in the game as far as priorities go. But uh, yeah, so I do think that the physical threats depend on what the challenge is. And that's displayed by the fact that Aurora and Julie are our two individual immunity victors. <laughs> Who would have called that? Yeah. And, and that's not to knock them, but typically... It's the young men that win these first couple, and I do think this has lent itself to the women more just because, like I said, their endurance and balance more. But still, they're they're definitely hard. They're not easy challenges to do, and they've won. So it's, it's a completely wide-open game. So here's what I think is going to happen. I don't think these Survivor contestants are dumb. They're going to realize, hey, you know what? There is no clear, obvious physical threat anymore. I think it's going to turn to the strategic threats. So the people who have been operating as shadow actors like Victoria, I think are going to be sitting pretty. The people who have been more open and forward about strategic moves like Wardog, I think will be in the crosshairs more. Yeah, might be a a little bit more under some heat. Uh, We'll just have to see, but I definitely think that's an interesting wrinkle this season that we normally haven't seen because typically – the physical threats make it farther into the merge. So, uh, and one quick point, uh, you briefly touched on your answer. We have got some women this season. Like, yeah, I don't know what it is, but some seasons it seems like all the women on the, the show have been super passive and, uh, you know, kind of wishy-washy in terms of strategy. And uh, this season, man, we have some stone cold players. We have some some really good actors, great strategists. I mean, especially with Julia this season, uh, you know, even just this episode going up to um, Eric and confirming Wardog's claim. I mean, the way she did it was just brilliant. Yeah, Eric had no idea that it was a test. Yeah, uh, dude, this this season. I, I think we're going to have a female winner. And what's so funny to me, too, is Ron and Eric thought that they had their alliance on lock because <laughs> of the family visit. What you would typically think would appeal to a more emotional player. These women are not emotional. No. They'll cut your throat. They don't care. I mean, let's list them out, right? I think Kelly has been relatively strategic. She definitely isn't emotional, that's for sure. Lauren has shown an enormous amount of level-headedness right by holding on to the idol despite having her name written down so many times kelly as well then you have victoria you have julia i don't think julie is a slouch i think she was surprised this episode but she didn't hesitate to vote joe out and that was a good move so really i i agree at this point i think it's probably gonna be a woman i mean obviously from the start it's a 50 50 shot but from from what i've seen women have been the ones that have orchestrated some of the big moves have yep. made the big moves happen and of course you can't count out your person to win the season from the beginning of the season aubrey who now has the advantage on extinction island right yep uh, i think uh i think aubrey is in in a good position i do think we should use this opportunity to transition to our tree mail section because our first question that was submitted by our loyal listener, Brian, he said, who on the edge do you think would have the best chance not only to get back in the game? I think that the answer currently is Aubrey because of the advantage. And of course, you can't count out Joe either. I would be foolish to suggest that there is someone who's far and away the favorite to win the return challenge. And that's just because if the next return challenge is anything like 
the first return challenge, it's going to be super close. We had three people actively competing for victory last time, and I think we'll have at least as many in the running on the next one. So I think that if any of them make it back, they have a decently compelling case. I do think Aubrey, though, is a current leader just because she does have the opportunity to practice with those ropes. What do you think? I think probably to answer the question strictly as it's written, I would I would think that Joe is the most likely to return just because he's a challenge beast. It depends on the challenge. If the challenge is really short, kind of like it was the last challenge to return from Edge of Extinction, um, I think it could be anybody's game. But if it's an endurance-related challenge, you know, hanging onto a pole, something like that, I think Joe's uh, most likely to win. But in terms of winning it all, I think Aubrey has by far the best chance uh, to win if she is able to return. And I think she's she's good in challenges. She has been good. Um, I just want to say, though, to Survivor Production, and I know, I know they've already filmed this, so there's nothing they can do about it. Can we, can we, can we please, 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 please not have the stick tying together challenge where you have to tie six together and use the rope and then you get the key and then you try to make the six strong enough to hold the key and then you unlock and and you release yourself from the prison of bamboo can we not have that please this time please why don't you like that it's so tired it's so worn it's like guys double tie the sticks double tie them and then your stick will be strong it's it's so cheesy at this point i've seen it a million times. Yeah, it has been. It has been frequent. Can we? Yeah, can we make it a good, good one? Like I, I prefer um, clinging onto the pole. I think that is a fantastic. I love that one. challenge. Yeah. I, I wish they bring it back and uh, make it a thing because it is a pretty good equalizer. If you're heavier, you need more muscle, right? To, to keep yourself on top of the pole. If you're if you're really skinny, you don't need as much muscle, but you're going to get tired more quickly. Case in point, Parvati, you know, would always destroy that challenge. She would stand on it like Parvati she was standing or on Ozzy. The... Ozzy did really yeah, he, well. You're right. He did do uh, very good also, but Parvati would stand on it like she was standing on the floor. It was like nothing to her. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. It was amazing, yeah. Ozzy did very, very well as also. I prefer endurance challenges just because they tend to last longer. They're more dramatic, but you also get to see those people like Joe and like Lauren, who, uh, you know, push past the pain and you see exactly how much they want to win. I mean, anybody can tie two sticks together or I guess 50 sticks together and and pull a key, you know, and unlock themselves. But endurance challenges are all about the drive, the desire and the passion. Yep. I think that's good for survival. And it exposes who feels safe and who doesn't. Right. Because yeah. typically... Jeff will also have food to tempt the people, and it exposes very quickly who's in it to win it and who's willing to trade that for some food in the short term, long term or short term. I'm definitely calling uh, that he will do that next week. Usually when you see people struggling with being weak from starvation, they'll either have a survivor auction they used to. I wish they would bring it back. I hope they do. Or they'll do um, an individual challenge where you get things for leaving at specific times. Hopefully one of those two things happens and Lauren can get some, some food in her. I do think that those are some really interesting things that we missed from previous seasons, but a new thing this season, we kind of touched on it last week, but Christy asked us to discuss this. She said, 
What do you think of the survivors still on the edge being on the jury? For example, Reem was the first one voted out, but can vote for a winner based solely on what she gleans from tribal council. So what do you think about that? How does that affect the game going forward? Uh, First off, thank you, Chrissy, for the question. That's a good question. Great question. Um, We love great questions here on Tribal Talk, and this is one of them. I don't think that's how the jury will work still. If it does work that way, um, that will be interesting. But what I think is actually going to happen is the winner from the Edge of Extinction will join the game pretty late. So what production is wanting to do, they want the winner to be a part of the tribal councils early so they can see all the strategic moves. It leaves them at less of a disadvantage if they know where the tribal lines are, if they can hear how the game is being played so that when they join the game, they're not just completely blind, right? So I think I think that they have to be there as an audience. I think it's also kind of dramatic, helps the show that way, because every week when the the jury comes in, right, then everyone can see the quitters. They can see who who's still in, who's not in. I have no idea how they would plan to decide a tie should there be an even number of survivors in the jury. And that is the main reason I don't think that that's how it's going to work. I don't think that all the people from the Edge of Extinction who stay in the game will be on the jury. Agreed. Um, because they could end up with a, with a tied number. Well, that's definitely true because, uh, you know, we started out with 18 players and two have left the game. Everyone else is still in the running. So that means that there's 16 people left. Let's assume we go down to the final three. That would leave a jury of 13, which I believe is a historically high number. I don't think we've ever had a jury that large before because that means everyone except for the people who voluntarily left would become jury members. So I do think there is going to be some type of game mechanism. Maybe it'll be part of the challenge based off of who finishes first and things like that. But there's going to be some type of way where Jeff will take some of those players and make them not be on the jury anymore. I still do think that even if those players aren't guaranteed a spot on the jury, the fact that one of the Edge of Extinction players will come back at the final five, which gives them decent odds of making it to the final three. They only have to survive two tribals. And as we all know, the final four tribal going into the final three is a fire-making challenge. So depending on who that is, they may only have to really get through one tribal by strategy. I say all that to say the likelihood of someone making it from the edge of extinction into final tribal is relatively high given the circumstances of the season, which tells us that the player that returns will have spent a lot of time with the jury members on the edge of extinction, rubbing shoulders with them, possibly providing for them, either making them like them or dislike them. And if you remember like two episodes ago when, or I guess it was actually last week when Joe was voted out, we said, you know what, even if he makes them back in, is the jury going to care because he didn't have to play the social game? He basically just went to the edge, waited it out, and then came back in. But here's the difference. Right. He's going to be there with the jury for the majority of that time, whoever that return player is. And I don't know what's going to happen. It's all going to come down to what the jury values, I think. This is not the first time that we have seen this type of dynamic. Uh, if you'll remember in season 23... Ozzy is, and that's South Pacific, I believe. Um, Ozzy is sent to uh, Redemption Island uh, several times, essentially. Um, and he spends time specifically with, with each of the jury members. He doesn't make it to the final three, but 
I, I don't think it really curried any favor for him. Um, and I think it honestly put a bigger target on his back uh, from the remaining players who were thinking, okay, he's spending all this time with, with the vote outs. But I mean, it, it honestly depends on, on how good you are at the social yeah. game. If you can make a serious, solid connection with someone, you know, while you're on the edge of extinction, then who knows? Who knows? Is It is an interesting dynamic, and we haven't seen it that many times. Our final question was from Chris, and he said, do you think that Devin's made the wrong move by not wanting to work with his former tribe mates, and how do you feel about David holding on to the piece of the idol? Another fantastic question. Thank you, Chris. Awesome. I absolutely loved... David holding on to the piece of the idol. I was a huge fan of Amanda. You remember Amanda? Um, On Heroes vs. Villains, she is basically on a reward with Danielle and with uh, Colby. Yep. Donaldson. Watching that movie. She's Yeah, they're watching that movie, and Danielle sees this, this clue to an idol, and Amanda wrestles her for it, right? For, for a long period of time, they're they're arguing, they're wrestling. Amanda gets it, right? And Colby says, oh, oh, give it back to Danielle, it's hers. And then Amanda just caves. It was so dumb. I wish she had just flushed it down the toilet, if nothing else. Me too, me too. I wish she had done something, but but she just didn't have that 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 killer instinct, right? That uh, probes called her out in the reunion show for not having the killer instinct, right? I thought she should have told yeah. Danielle and Colby to shove it and that she's going to keep the clue no matter what. I think David would have been an absolute moron to give his new opponent power in the game. Why would David, like, that would be so stupid. I would lose yep. so much respect yep. for David. He made the right choice. I mean, I, the only choice, right? It's like, oh, I'm going to be your um, sworn enemy. So you want to just hand me that thing that I legally gave you? <laughs> it's like, no, yeah. I'm going to hang on to it. Like, I'm not a moron. My temptation as a player would have been to say, hey, look, I'll give this back to you. But will you please come join me? Basically, as a as a bargaining chip right trying to show goodwill but like you said it would have been the wrong move for sure so i thought it was definitely good on david's part to the first part of the question whether rick made the wrong or right move here i think in the grand scheme of things i do think that this was a mistake but that will only be revealed if it's you know a super bad move whether or not he makes it farther in the game or not. I think that given what happened in this last episode, we went from the Kamas 6 to that being broken completely apart, and I think we are firmly in voting blocks now, right? We have Lauren, Kelly, and Wardog together. We have probably Ron and Julie together. We have Victoria, Gavin, and Julia all working together, and that leaves David and Rick all by themselves. And I think that it would be in their best interest to work together and to bury the hatchet. We've seen that David can be extremely forgiving. We saw him and Kelly basically, actually, literally apologize to one another this episode, and yeah. they moved on. It was it was awesome because they both recognized that they were better off working together than not. So I think that Rick maybe got a little humbled this time. I think this was the first vote that he had. Well, that's not true. Last vote, he had no idea either. Maybe Rick will be tired of not knowing what's going on and not having anyone who he can trust. And I hope that he and David can work it out. Yeah, so so interesting point uh, you made about David and Wentworth. I think what they have is maturity, having played this game as many times as they have. Absolutely. 
and that's something that Devins would have if he was playing his second season. Mm-hmm. But what he's doing now, unfortunately, like Wardog said, is he's playing with his emotions, right? Yep. Because he's making decisions because he he is uh, he's got them sour grapes in his mouth, and he's he's nom nomming down, and he's very very upset with us. You still and. There was an element of logic that he alluded to saying, basically, I know for sure I'm on the bottom of the Lesu Alliance or else they wouldn't have voted me out. So why not at least try comma and see if I can make it higher in the pecking order, which mm-hmm. makes sense. But then he kind of betrays his emotions when he's talking to Wardog and he starts, uh, you know, with the uh, with the sarcasm, uh, that that sarcasm. I think that Rick could have made the exact same move. But what he should have told Wardog is that sounds great. And then gone and done whatever he wanted. Because in Survivor, I think one rule that you should generally follow is that when someone comes to you with an idea, you go, oh, yeah, that sounds, <laughs> that sounds great to me, man. Kind of like uh, Jim Halpert from The Office when, when Dwight offers to be in an alliance. Absolutely, I will. Yes, for sure. And I think that Rick showed that you're right. He is kind of a novice here. And David and Kelly showed that they're more seasoned and are willing to move on, especially on a vote by vote basis. This Uh is no guarantee that David and Kelly will work together on this next vote. We have no idea what's going to happen. They may be at odds or they may work together again. I have no idea. If anything, I do expect them to go back against one another unless the nature of the vote demands that they work together again. And then I think they'll do it again. And I think we'll see that throughout the season. I do think that unless something changes, we are firmly in voting blocks and we'll just have to see how it plays out. Right. So this is the extra dynamic of the edge of extinction, though. Right. Because Rick was voted out. The question is, how do you deal with someone you already voted out? Yeah. And I think the answer that we got this this episode was you don't send war dog. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe have David go have that initial conversation. Anybody else have that conversation? Don't send war dog. Yeah. Well, and this last week I took the liberty of watching all of the full length confessionals on YouTube. And one that was really informative was from Victoria after Rick had reentered the game. And she was talking about how this fundamentally changes the game because those first couple votes you don't even have to really be nice to those people. You don't have to make them feel like they were valued in any way. You used to be able to just to vote them off and they're gone. They're not on the jury. They're not doing anything. So you don't have to really mind their feelings on any level. And then all of a sudden, well, mm-hmm. actually, they are potentially back in the game. And she was talking about how that was going to affect the game going further. And this is a good example of that because, like you said, Rick has those sour grapes. And right. had he not been voted out, he would have never, ever been against the Losu Alliance, I don't think. So that's going to about do it for us here at Tribal Talk. Thank you so much for the tree mail. It was awesome to be able to answer some questions posed by you, the fans. If you have any more, feel free to send us a message, post them on our Facebook page, tweet at us at Tribal Talk Pod. We'll talk to you later. Catch you next time, guys. Bye.